Hi there, Taylor Hemnes here from 41 Action News with another episode of Faith in KC. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, welcome to my basement. <laughs> uh, I just got through finished, I got through playing some pool with my boys. That's why I'm sitting here. Um, you see the movies and Texas flag. Uh, basketball hoop for the boys to play on, which they never really do. I should take that down. Uh, I apologize in advance if you can hear them upstairs running around right before dinner time. Um, I'm down here this morning because I wanted this to feel uh, a lot less formal than some of the last have. I, I, you know, the goal of these is to be out and about, but weird weather and different circumstances mean that a lot of these introductions have been filmed inside the building at 41 Action News, and I did not want to do that with this one. Here's why. Uh, I wanted just a person. Just a is um, almost derogatory, and I don't mean it to. Uh, to sound that that way, but I, I just wanted a person. I reached out um, on social media a few weeks back, just looking for someone who had a an interesting faith story to share, and a coworker of mine suggested someone, um, and it ended up being just a wonderful conversation. Uh, Susan Painter, who you're about to hear from here, um, she and I are are very alike and and very different. Uh, the ways we're different is I I've mentioned several times that I was. I was raised in the church. She was not. She, as an adult, went to church but didn't consider herself to be a person of faith and didn't make that change until uh, later in life. And over the course of this pandemic, she has found ways to share her faith in different ways than she maybe never expected. And I think she just has a, a wonderful story. And all of these conversations have been with um, you know, faith leaders or a journalist in one case, people from the academic backgrounds. Um, and these are, those are fantastic and all well and good. And I've been very happy with all of them, but, uh, this is the first to just be a person's story and where faith comes into their life. And I think it was so great that I hope we get to do more. If you have a wonderful story or someone in your life that you think has a really great story about their faith, it doesn't matter what the religion is. I just would like to hear it and maybe have a conversation. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Susan. Um, as always, if you want to reach out to me, taylor.hemnes at kshp.com is my email. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, send me messages. Let me know what you think. I've gotten so many messages from so many people uh, over the course of these episodes. I really appreciate each and every one. Uh, if you have suggestions, uh, reach out, and hopefully we can continue this uh, for a long time. But for now, here's Susan Painter. Well, time for another edition of Faith in KC. I'm Taylor Hymnus here from 41 Action News. Uh, glad to have you with us as always. Uh, just recently, we've switched these from, from once per week episodes to every other week. So I hope you've been able to keep up with those changes. Thanks as always for people who uh, continue to watch these and send in your comments and thoughts and, and encouragement. We appreciate that. Uh, I say this every episode and I, I mean it. I'm excited to, about today's episode because uh, still in the infancy of these, this series, they've all been kind of different. They've had different feelings for each of these episodes. And today's episode is the first that I'm not talking to a person who runs an organization or a faith leader. We won't call we won't call her a faith leader. Susan, I hope it's okay. I'm not referring to you as a faith leader. I am not leader. a faith leader. <laughs> My guest today is Susan Painter. And the reason Susan and I are talking today is because, uh, as I mentioned in the intro today, um, Susan is just a person of faith, and I've yet to talk to uh, anyone that we can, for lack of a better term, just put the word just in front of their title. I'm just a person of faith, and that's that's Susan. I, I, I reached out and 
actually a, a coworker who knows Susan uh, connected me. So Susan, thank you so, so much for taking some time out of your day and talking to me. I appreciate it. It's nice to be here with you, Taylor. Thank you. So Susan, first off, um, let me let me talk to you about your faith background. A lot of people that are members of, of a faith community describe it maybe as as their walk sometimes, uh, as, as what they like to describe as their, their background in faith. Uh, the thing that you and I talked about before we started recording this is you didn't necessarily grow up in the church. You haven't been a, a person of faith for a long, long time. Is that right? Right. Well, I was, I grew up unchurched. Um, we, in my household growing up, we sort of had this vague theism, you know, right? <laughs> belief in God, but no real structure to it. Um, you know, we said our prayers at night and that kind of thing, but I was never part of a faith community. I didn't grow up in a church. Um, that sort of evolved slowly over time. And um, I was only baptized uh, seven years ago. So um, I, I feel like I'm still at the beginning of the journey. Yeah. You say it evolved over time prior to you being baptized. And again, we tried to keep this as, as uh, wide open to all kinds of faiths because of, of our audience here. If you're not familiar, baptism is is when you decide to um, to join the church and in Christianity, it's an acceptance of, of Jesus um, and belief in, in his death and resurrection. I want to ask you about um, the prior to that, though. You I mean, obviously, you lived an adult life without being a member of a, a church community or faith community. How did it evolve before your baptism? Well, I... Um... I was sort of a tourist in the church for a long time. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I would attend, my husband and I would attend on Sundays and I, I really enjoyed the experience, but it was just a Sunday thing. You know, it was just what we did on Sundays. I loved the music. I loved the liturgy. Uh, I loved the sermons. You know, always thought provoking. Um, but it, it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago that I really just felt this, um, I don't know how to describe it, a restlessness or a stirring. Um, and I, it took me a while to figure out that what I was really yearning for was a, a closer relationship with God. And um, so I talked to my priest. I'm an Episcopalian, so uh, we have priests. And uh, I got into a series of discussions with my priest and... Um, you know, decided that this is what I needed to do. I need to just jump in. And um, it's been a trip. <laughs> it's still being a trip. <laughs> I'm curious about, um, and, and as I've talked about many times on these, these series, on these episodes, uh, I was raised in the church. I, I grew up going to a church of Christ. So um, my dad always used to like to say, and he borrowed this from another person we went to church with, you don't have to be at church all the time just when they have something going on up there is, is whatever he would say. <laughs> um, so I, I grew up going to church on Sunday mornings, church on Sunday evenings, church on Wednesday evenings. Um, I'm curious about leading an adult life where you're doing what you described, where you where you dip in on a Sunday morning, but wouldn't necessarily call yourself. Um, I mean, what, were you thinking of yourself as a member of the church? What's, what's an adult life like where you, where you go on Sundays, but your connection isn't what it is now? I guess in a way it was more of, um, I guess there were three aspects of it that I enjoyed. And that was the social aspect, you know, the mm -hmm. people. 
and um, the intellectual aspect, the hearing of the scripture and the, and the listening to the sermons and just sort of trying to integrate that and make sense out of it all. And, um, and the aesthetic aspect, the, the music, the, the stained glass windows, you know, sure. it just, it was just a pleasure to be there. And it was a wonderful Sunday experience, but I didn't, it wasn't the center of my life. You know, yeah. it was something I did on Sundays. I can't imagine that you attended a church for any period of time and weren't invited, asked to become a member of the church. I, I, I've been to enough churches in my life that uh, I know places that I've been one time. The first time I went there, a an elder or a member of the church or a deacon or the pastor himself would, would catch up with me on my way out. What brings you in our doors this morning? We'd love to have you back. Um, did that happen to you on a regular basis? Uh, it happened. Um... Episcopalians tend to be not very pushy, for a better word. Sure. Um, they they kind of expect you to take your own journey. I was certainly invited early on um, to make a commitment, mm -hmm. um, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm kind of slow. I mean, I my husband was my best friend for five years before. I could say, yes, I want to get married. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it just, it takes me a long time to, um, I, to take plunges. You know, I really have to be absolutely sure deep in my heart that this is what's right for me. Yeah. And so um, I, I resisted until I, until I really felt the call. That's, that's interesting to me um, that you describe uh to use your words, a, a non-pushy situation. Um, do you think, have you ever thought about how different your uh, experience might be if if it had been a, a pushier situation? And this is not to paint any church or congregation as yeah, no. this one's pushy, this one's not. But there, there are some that take real effort in, hey, there's a new person that walked into our door. We need to reach out and do everything we can. Do you think your your experience would be different if it was a situation where people were a little bit more forward with it? Well, with my personality, probably I would have walked away um, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I just I need to work through things on my own. I, I appreciate a supportive atmosphere, and that's certainly what I get in my church. Um, but I need to do things um, when they feel right to me, you know, when it when it's really there in my heart. Yeah. So. And I shouldn't How, have used the, I sh, Taylor. I shouldn't have used the word pushy. I just couldn't come up with the right word. I, but no, I, but think, I, I think you know it's it's. And I'm I'm glad you say that because I I think that there might be some people who may listen to this and take offense. But I I think that pushy is is an okay word because it doesn't have to be negative. I I've I've been pushy church guy honestly, and that's not necessarily <laughs> me all the time. Um, but uh, churches don't continue to grow if they don't reach out to, to new people. And I, and I think, I think most churches are perfectly fine with the idea of, uh, and most church members, especially staff members, perfectly fine with the idea of, I, I, I kind of have to be a little pushy in my job. So I don't think that's a, a bad word to use at all. Um, so what has, what has been the, if you don't mind sharing the, the changes in your life in the last seven plus years, since you actually 
uh, were baptized and, and you think you, your, your, your faith and your walk have, have become more pronounced, what, what have been, have you noticed changes? What's it been like? Yeah, I have, um, I, there've been a lot of changes, um, both in my spiritual life and in my physical life. Um, uh, I think it was about two years after my baptism, my husband died suddenly, um, no warning. And, um, that sort of plunged me into some difficult times. Sure. Um, but it also deepened my faith. Um, and, um, I'm <laughs> getting emotional. I don't remember what your question was. No, we, you know, we were talking about how your life changed and, and I, I think that's, I was going to ask, and I, I, I should point out to our, our viewers, this is the first time besides one phone call to talk about this conversation that Susan and I have had a long conversation. So we've never met each other in person. We've not talked about a lot of this before. I didn't know prior to what you just said that your, your husband had passed away. Um, that is a dropping of a bomb in any person's life, especially under the circumstances you're, you're describing there where you didn't have any warning. Right. Um, do you remember how that affected you as a quote unquote new Christian, just a couple of years into your, into your new lifestyle? It, it, it affected me in, in lots of ways. Um, and it gave me, I guess, probably what I think is one of the biggest challenges for any Christian. And that is, um, learning how to let go of things. Mm. Uh, you know, the, when you're baptized, you, they, they say you're dying to your old life and right. um, taking on a new life. And so this dying um, is an ongoing process. You know, we, we let go of so many things in life as we mature spiritually, not that I've gotten very far in my maturation, but yeah. you, know, you have to let go of um, people, you know, loved ones who die. You have to let go of your ego. Um, you know, it's not, the world really doesn't turn around me. <laughs> I figured that sure. out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you would say something like I, that. I know it surprises you. <laughs> um, and, you know, you have to let go of your attachment to physical things and just some of your ideas and um, some of your world outlooks. You, you get attached to these things and it just... Um, I, I think all those things kind of are, are roadblocks on your spiritual path. So you have to learn how to let go of stuff, ideas, things, people, um, people. And when I say let go of people, I mean their physical presence. I, yeah. I, I absolutely still feel connected to the loved ones who have, you know, my mom and dad and husband, you know, I, they're still, they're still with me. Um, the history is littered with people who were uh, people of faith, Christianity or otherwise, any, any faith, who had a traumatic event happen to them, and then they put that faith down or aside in some way. Um, do you remember grappling with that when, you're, when your husband passed so suddenly of, man, I, I just... I just kind of started this, I just put on this new coat and, and now it, it feels like it doesn't really quite fit anymore. Was, do you remember grappling with that at all? You, you mentioned it a, a strengthener of your faith. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I had no grappling. Um, I, 
And as a matter of fact, I saw a little bit of an interview because I was curious how these things work. So I, I saw a little bit of the interview that you did. And I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but the lady whose father and son were murdered. Yeah. Minnie um, Corporan. Minnie Corporan was her name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and she had, she said at one point in the interview that um, before that happened, before that experience, she felt a real strong draw to the church and um, and a growth in her own faith. And that's, well, that's what happened to me. You know, I felt this strong draw before my world fell apart. And you just have to wonder, I, I mean, I wonder how many people that's happened to where this, where God seems to be drawing them in just just in time, you know, just before their world falls apart. Yeah. I, I was really, my mouth just dropped open when she said that. Yeah, that's a great point. I, um, you know, faith is, is uh, to be literal, belief in things that are unseen. And I, I, I at no point in any of these episodes uh, do I want to suggest that this is the way to do it. This is the way that you should do your life. And I, I think we've tried to suggest in all these episodes that um, this is about a choice of, of choosing. I'm going to I'm going to believe this. And I, I hope I'm right. I have faith that I'm right in many cases that I'm making the right decision. But if we're being blatantly honest, we don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious about those situations for anybody whenever something like that happens. And, and I'm, I'm glad that resonated with you, what, what Mindy said. I, you know, if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to Mindy Corporan's interview, please do. Uh, her, as, as uh, Susan mentioned there, that her, her husband and, or her son and father were murdered. Um, and she's got a great interview as well. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit too about uh, present day. Um, one of the reasons that my coworker suggested you was um, what you're doing now as a member of a faith community, uh, whether it be virtual or Facebook posts, that kind of thing. You sent me a couple of your Facebook videos that I've watched some of them. What, what does practicing faith look like for you now? It's, it's rough um, because, <laughs> you know, there's just something about being with people in, in the skin, flesh and blood. I mean, I wish you and I were sitting here over a cup of coffee in yeah. my living room instead yeah. of instead of this. So it's, it's been difficult, but uh, as a community, our church has, you know, managed to make the, the shift to this online life. You know, we still, you know, we have worship online and we have small groups that get together, book discussion groups and um, groups that talk to each other about um, scripture and you know, I'll, I'll, we have lots of small groups in my church, you know, people. Yeah. So all that's moved to Zoom, except for one that could, that's doing conference call, which I find really interesting. But, <laughs> but most of it's on Zoom and um, and it's 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 better than nothing. I, I'll have to say that. But I really do miss being with with people. I agree. So I feel the same way. My, my family and I uh, just went back to church in person just this month. Um, in the building. We had a, a, a few weeks in the fall when we were able to have church out on the lawn and we went to that and that was um, also restorative to me, but to be back in the building has meant a lot to, to me and my family as well. Um, 
you were talking about in, in our first conversation via email that you were a little bit nervous to do this. And I won't, I, there's no problem with that. Like, there's, <laughs> there's lots of people who are nervous to talk on camera. I've, I've done that. I've been around lots of people like that before. Um, but you do share your faith on camera on a regular basis. I mean, you've got these, these Facebook videos where you're um, talking about faith or talking about a scripture or talking about something that's important to you. Um, did you, were you asked to do those? Do you, do you do those of your own accord? How did those start happening? Well, when, when, when everything shut down, when COVID first, you know, appeared on the scene and, yeah. um, and the physical church shut down and we all were feeling this need for connection, um, the clergy in the church decided that they needed to, or we needed them to, um, regularly connect through prayer. Um, so they started this three times a day prayers uh, on, online on Facebook and um, once in the morning, once in the afternoon and once in the evening. And then um, one of the one of our priests was called to a, a church in New York and so that left them short of people to handle these prayers and so they reached out um, and we've got a, we've got three seminarians, three people in the church who are going to seminary now. So they were recruited to um, do some of the prayers, and um, and I actually thought it would be kind of neat, so I volunteered. <laughs> um, and it's been a learning experience, let me tell you. But uh, it's 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 fun, and it is it's rewarding, and we. We've developed a community of people who just regularly gather, either all three times a day, or maybe some just come in the morning, or some just at night. But it's it's um, it's a spiritual connection for us, uh, and I think it's been lovely. Logistically, what does it, I, I should have asked earlier? Do you mind sharing where you go to church right now, Susan? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's St. Andrew's Episcopal um, okay. down okay. in um, the Brookside area. So when, uh, logistically, what do these, these prayer three times a day look like? Is it Facebook? Is it Zoom? Like what exactly, what are you leading something on video and people can respond to it? What's that look like? It's, it's Facebook live and, okay. um, you know, people can, some people just check in in the comment section, you know, they'll say, hi, I'm here or whatever. <laughs> and, and others don't, you know, they kind of sit in the back pew. They don't, they don't, <laughs> you can tell that there's somebody there, but you don't know who it is. <laughs> and um, and there's also uh, we we make time for um, people to put their own prayers in the comments section if they're dealing with something or struggling with something and they want us to pray with them you know they can put it in the comments section you know yeah. pray for my mom who's sick with COVID or or whatever and so and so that looks like you actually leading a uh, leading a prayer on Facebook Live whenever you'll, you'll see another comment and offer a prayer right there in, in the moment? I'm not real good at, at, at both doing this and reading and responding. You know, right. I, I, right. I, I've tried it a couple of times and I just, I get off track. So I tend to uh, let the other people gather, uh, respond to their prayers, and then I will go back afterwards and, um, and respond in the comments section. But, but the prayers are going out, yeah. you know, whether I'm active in it or not. What do you get out of it, Susan?
um, connecting with God through other people. And that's the only way, that's really the only way we can connect with God is through other people. You know, it's, it's that, it's that holy core in each of us that's reaching out and connecting to the holy core in somebody else. You know, it's, I shouldn't say that's the only way. I mean, I do, I'll, I'll go to bed at night and I'll lie there and I'll, 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 talk to God, you know, right. so it doesn't have to be through other people, but that's just, that is, um, that's what makes life worth living to me is, is connecting with other people that way. Yeah. I'm curious as a, a new, relatively new Christian, less than a decade old, we'll say uh, to, to use your timeline, um, just experiencing 2020, from that standpoint, um, there've been a lot of faith challengers in, in 2020 for, and it doesn't matter how long you've been a member of a faith community. There's been some ugly stuff happen in this year, obviously COVID at the top of that list, politics, not far behind, uh, racial inequality being talked about in a way it's never been talked about, uh, or maybe not been talked about in a long time, um, as actively, uh, as violently in some cases, it's, it's not, it's not been a good year by any stretch. Um, have you found that coming up in your own prayer life and these moments that you share with people on, on Facebook? Is it, is it, has it been raw for lack of a better word this year that you've, you've found whenever it comes to really rubber meet the road kind of faith stuff? There, there's certainly been raw moments. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> Um, early on when we were just dealing basically with COVID before all of the other stuff started happening, you know, the, the, the justice protests and the, um, political stuff really gearing up and the economy falling apart and people losing their jobs. When it was basically just the COVID we were dealing with, there was this, um, you're on Facebook. So, you know, memes, the the memes that come up, there was this. There was this one and it showed it had Yul Brynner dressed as Pharaoh, you know, from the Ten Commandments. From the Ten Commandments here. And he's got this really sardonic look and 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 the the text said, This is Pharaoh watching you freak out over one plague (laughs) (laughs) instead of the the seven biblical plagues. So but I feel like we're probably up to about seven by now. And I have to remember that, you know, people, when you read scripture, people have been just dealing with these kinds of things forever. And we, it's, it's often not until we are through it and looking back that we can make sense out of what's going on. We want everything to make sense right now. We want to know why is this happening and what does it mean? And um, it, it takes time, you know. Um, refer back to scripture again um, when Moses led uh, the Israelites out of slavery out of Egypt they wandered for 40 years trying to make sense of where they were going to the promised land you know what does that mean Um, how do we develop as a people so I know it's going to take us time to really understand this Um, you know from a Christian perspective look how long it took for the gospels to be written after Jesus had died. You know, 
I, I think that people were still trying to wrap their minds around what this death and resurrection really meant, you know? And it, it just, it takes people time to metabolize um, experiences uh, in, in a spiritual way, in a way that feeds, you know, your spirit. I think fairly one of the big knocks against um, organized religion of any kind um, is its frequent inability to see its own faults. Um, and I think the part of that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about, a timeline of how long someone is a member of a faith community or is in a church community. The longer you're a part of something, sometimes the harder it is to see the warts uh, and to see uh, what could be done better, what shouldn't be done that way anymore. Um, and I, I know for a fact, because I've known people that have been described this way, I have been described this way, members of faith communities can get very strongly uh, defensive and um, <laughs> go downhill from there, honestly, sometimes. Uh, start at strongly defensive and get worse whenever things are criticized or attacked. Um, it doesn't have to be a faith community. I mean, look at... Look at us as Americans. I mean, we love our country. Yeah. But we don't want to see its faults, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and there are faults and they're becoming clearer um to 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 some. Well, everybody everybody's seeing some faults. We aren't all agreeing on what the faults are, but yeah. Um, you know, you 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 want to just say we're perfect, but we're not. And yeah. we need to look at our imperfections. So, I mean, whether it's whether you're talking about your faith community or your nationality or yourself, you know, you, it's it's hard to look at your faults, but you got to do it because no, go ahead, you because you just can't. Watch, I'm just going to say you just can't get right if you don't look at the flaws. Right. Um, I, I was going to ask because uh, the way you described your church going experiences before you became baptized was interesting to me because you, you talked about the aesthetic beauty of it and what you took as a, I mean, there, there are things that you like. You don't go back every Sunday if you don't enjoy several parts of it, um, or at least frequently. Um, have there been parts of that maybe are, and I'm not asking you to call out your church or the faith community or anything like that, but have there been things that, in the last few years since you've been a more active uh, member of a faith community, since you've been baptized, that you've gone, I don't really know why we do that that way. Or we, man, I don't know if that's the best way of going about interacting with people or what have, what have, have, have there been any faults or, or warts exposed to you since you've been a, a more active Christian? No, we're perfect at St. Andrews. <laughs> I love that answer. So <laughs> That's really funny. No, I'm, you know, of course there are things I, one, one thing, for instance, when we went to online worship, what we do in our tradition, what we do is um, on Sundays, we have, um, we have, we read from scripture. We mm -hmm. usually, we have, we read some of the Psalms and then some of the, uh, some other scripture from the Hebrew uh, scriptures and then um, something from the gospel and then an epistle and then the, you know, the sermon kind of pulls all that together. Sure. Um, but because we were worried about 
um, screen time and everyone's being kind of weary of all the screen time, yeah. um, we cut some of those scripture readings down to just a couple or just one, you know, and um, that bothered me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really, I, I, I love to hear all of that. I love to, I love to get that whole, um, the whole shebang. So yeah. um, I, I, I complained, you know, I, I, but, um, and I think, I think we're doing more of that now, so <laughs> maybe. I think it's written somewhere, Susan, that you're not technically a member of any church unless you've complained about something that church is doing. I, <laughs> I'm I pretty good that, at that. <laughs> I, I've been at my, my fair share of, hey, I don't like this meetings. So I, that, I, don't, I, I think that you can definitely claim to be a member of the church now that you've complained about something. Yeah, wait a um, minute. That's a hymn I don't know. Why are right, we seeing that? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Absolutely. <laughs> um. What what do you what do you think that the church members of faith community uh, can learn about how to respond to those negativities or how to find more positivities from these last 10, 11 months of I mean you talked about just how um, some of the things you picked up in doing these these online worship services and these prayer services. What I've talked to other people in these interviews about listen, this is an opportunity for the church to do dot, dot, dot. And their answers have been in different in some cases. What, what do you think uh, can, should, or must be picked up by faith communities that maybe have been started during these, this, this tough time? You know, yeah, this we're talking, I don't know when you're going to run this interview, but um, today is the day after the inauguration. We're talking yeah. the day after the inauguration. And I, there were um, there were some very moving moments yesterday during all of this ceremony and stuff. And I think one of the most moving was that 22-year-old poet, yes. uh, Amanda Gorman. And um, I've listened to her poem a couple of times. I want to listen to it a few more times because I thought it was extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but the one piece that really jumped out at me was um she said um they're all i'm gonna misquote her poem i know but, okay that's okay uh, she said there's always light there is always light if only we are brave enough to see it and if only we are brave enough to be it. Yep. And yep. so that that I feel that's the call of all people of faith is um, is to be the light. And I, you know, I know I'm not alone in feeling despair from time to time. I especially felt that, uh, you know, on the day of the that um, attack on the Capitol. Sure. Um, when I saw, you know, I. As an American and as a Christian, it was just so painful for me to see that, um, to see Christian symbols up there along with anti-Semitic and other racist symbols. It just, yeah. it was really distressing. And so I, I did, I, I, I despaired for, um, for a while after that. And then I, yeah. I, you know, yesterday helped me bring it 
bring myself back to where I should be, especially, you know, what I just mentioned about uh, Amanda Gorman's poem. You know, we have to be the light. Yeah. What good does despair do? It does no one any good. The last thing I want to ask you about, Susan, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. You've been wonderful, as I knew you would be. But um, we talked earlier, and I, again, I stress that I don't think this is a bad word. It was your word, but I'm going to use it again, the, the pushiness of it. Um, as we continue to get back to, to normal, as we continue to hopefully one day get back to where church pews are full, even the people are in the back, they want to be in the back, that, that we get back to what it was like before all this started. Um, do you see yourself being pushier? Do you see yourself being in a situation? How will you, based on your life experience and what you've been through and knowing that it took you a few years to go, yes, I think this is where I'd like to be. How, how do you reach out to a potential new believer, a new Christian or somebody you've never met before that walks into the doors of where you worship? Um, how do you see yourself being like that moving forward? Uh, I, I think the best way to reach out is by loving. Um, we love each other and, you know, we offer support and we, you know, we're just, we, we, that's all, that's all I can say. Just yeah. love, you know, love, love, love. <laughs> that's, that is the answer to everything. And I, you know, we just don't love enough in this world. Yeah. Susan, if, if somebody watching wants to come and be part of your, your prayer videos or those Facebook lives, is it done through the church Facebook page? How can they find those if they're interested? Yeah, it's, it's at St. Andrew's, uh, Kansas city Facebook page. And I don't, I, I think that's how, I think you can find it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will, I will find it and tag it whenever this video is posted so people can find it. And that's, that's still done three times a day is when those are, those are done. Still is. Yeah. Perfect. Susan, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I, 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 I hope that you don't mind me being pushy in some of these questions. I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Taylor. It's been a pleasure.